The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Well, how am I now? I'm glad I asked. Uh, I'm not too goddamn good. The Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 8-2 to two to the Minnesota Wild in Minnesota. Uh, hello and welcome to uh, episode 41 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am... Off. I'm pissed off. Eight to two. Are you kidding me? Really? I mean, I guess I shouldn't be that pissed off, realistically. This wasn't that different from the previous three games, right? Obviously, they, um, you know, they had a three-game uh, unbeaten in regulation streak going on there. Right when you look at those three games, though, if you if you really consider it, what happened? Well, they got three consecutive stellar goaltending performances. Uh, two of them from Samuel Montembeau, and then another one from uh, Caden uh, Primo. And then tonight, uh, between Primo and Michael McNiven, they didn't get that. And but other than that, the games were it was pretty similar. I think they had a f- few more shots in the previous two, at least uh, four. That is. Uh, and they actually gave up a little bit less shots in this game than they had in the previous games. But overall, it's the same issues. Just brutal defensively. Not able to generate a whole lot of scoring chances at the other end. And tonight, even worse than they were in the last couple of games. At least in the last couple of games, you know, the high danger chances were, were pretty close. I think in the, in the last game, they were almost even against Colorado somehow. I mean... Uh, <laughs> What are you supposed to do if you're Caden uh, Primo or Michael McNiven? What are you supposed to do? Realistically, what, what are you going to do? Michael McNiven, the first shot that he faced, I think, was a breakaway from Kirill Kaprizov, which luckily he shot over the net. But if it went in, w- would you really blame McNiven for that? Guy's barely played this year, and the first thing that he has to face is a straight-up clear breakaway with, like, four steps between him and any back checker from Kirill Kaprizov. I mean, talk about welcome to the NHL. I don't, I don't have it in me to recap that. I don't have it in me to recap an eight to two game. Uh, I'll, I'll give you some. I'll, I'll give you some quick points on it. The Habs scored on their first shot. Mike Hoffman absolutely blasts a one timer. It was like a hopping puck too. Uh, it was uh, Laurent Dauphin who threw it out. Larry Dolphins gets an apple, and I was like, you know, maybe this game is gonna be a good one. No. Not at all. Jared Spurgeon tied the game up like a couple of minutes later 
with the Habs having like five, I, no, four, four of their own players were screening Caden Primo. I uh, don't know how you want him to stop that one with that much traffic in front of him, most of it being his own goddamn team. And then Jared Spurgeon lands a headshot on Christian Dvorak. Christian Dvorak leaves the game. So one of our one of our regular NHL players just out of the lineup now. You know, d- debate if you want whether that was intentional or, or not. I'm not too sure. It looked like it happened pretty quick, but it was a shoulder right to the head. I mean, it's on Spurgeon to avoid that contact. Um, but I digress. Uh, it just kept getting worse. Uh, Marcus Foligno scored. Connor Dewar scored. Nico Sturm scored. Matt Zuccarello scored. By the time we get to the third period, it's 5-1. to one, And Dominique Charme makes a goaltender change. Now, I got mad about Dominique Charme making a goaltender change a few games back because I didn't think that it was a 4-2 to two game. And I didn't think that was going to do anything. He did it, and he said it was to change momentum, and I thought that was bullshit. And then um, um, my my dog's having a dream right beside me right now. You okay, buddy? You're okay. Um, so, yeah, he, he makes the goaltender change. I thought the last one was bullshit. This one, I can't fault him. Uh, I was saying it, you know, after the fifth goal. I'm like, if he doesn't change goaltenders, you know, he changed it at 4-2. If he's not going to do it at 5-1, then, then what the fuck are we doing? But um, he did it, and uh, that one I agree with. But we'll get back to Deshaun in a minute. Uh, the goaltender change, it, it did even less than it did the last time. Um, again, I agree with it. I think it was something he had to do, but it, it did nothing. Kirill Kaprizov got a breakaway right away on Michael McNiven. The guy's barely played this year, and that's the first thing he's got to face down. Um, the Habs did get one back. Rem Pitlick scored on his old team. But then uh, Matthew Boldy. Jordy Ben, Kevin Fiala, they all score, and bam, it's 8-2, to two, uh, getting absolutely embarrassed. And I know uh, in a lot of 8-2 to two games, or any, any game where you get scored on eight times nowadays, you're, usually a lot of people are quick to, to look at the goaltenders, right? Or goaltender, whatever the case may be. In this case, there was two of them. I don't blame them. Uh, like I said, Michael McNiven's barely played this year. For him to come in cold in the third period and have to face a shooting gallery from a pretty good team in Minnesota, you can't blame him that he let a few in. For Caden Primo, again, what do you want him to do? He's got five of his own player, four of his own players screening him on one of the goals. I mean, he let in, I, I think, out of the five he let in, I would blame him really only for one. Maybe two. But honestly, I, I think I would only really blame him for one. It was a, the stinker that Matt Zuccarello scored in the second period. That He was trying to pass it out front and just kind of deflected off Primo and into his own net. But like the rest of them, it's, they're high-quality, high-danger scoring chances from good players. I mean, what do you want him to do? I'm looking not at the goaltenders for that game. I'm looking at the, the, the general structure of the team, the defensive zone coverage. Brutal. Transition, brutal. Ability to generate offense, brutal. So that brings us back to guess who? And I know a lot of people are going to say, Matt, you're, you're beating a dead horse, bud. You're beating a dead horse. What did I say months ago? Maybe not months. I don't know how long ago it was. What did I say? It's not a dead horse if it's still trampling on everything I love. And we got that slow, unathletic, unadaptable Clydesdale in Dominique Charme still behind the bench. I don't think this team can get better with him as a coach. And I'm going to tell you exactly what he said after the game, which he was just echoing what 
uh, uh, Josh Anderson had said earlier on in the press conference before him. So I'm wondering if that's the line that they just determined everybody was going to use. But he said, they asked him, what do you do with a game like this? And I mean, the Shams said, we'll put this one in the garbage. They were faster than us, better than us. They were on all the pucks in all aspects of the game. You don't put that game in the fucking garbage. You don't. You don't. That game is a perfect example of all the things that are wrong with the team in terms of what you're doing. If you look at that, if you look at the way that you're collapsing it on your own net and creating traffic in front of your own goaltender, if you look at the way you're getting burned in transition, I mean, you should, if you're a legitimate NHL coach, be able to take a lot of lessons from that, be able to adjust things so that it doesn't happen again. Nobody is asking you at, at this point with this team, with as many injuries as they have, with, with as many COVID absences as they've had, nobody is asking you to make the playoffs. I don't think Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are walking into your office and saying, hey, listen, Dom, we need you to make the goddamn playoffs this year, all right? There's a reason why the general manager got fired. You are legitimately going to sit there and tell us, oh, we just throw that game in the garbage and we keep doing what we're doing. We just need to be better at what we're already doing. What you're already doing is exactly that. And it was very evident in the previous three games as well. The only difference is in those previous three games, you got wicked good goaltending. Three games in a row. This is what happens when your goaltender doesn't stand on his head. You get shelled eight to two. You, sorry, shelled is the wrong word there because you're getting shelled anyways. The difference is you're actually getting scored on when you don't have a goaltender standing on his head. And you're going to sit there and say, well, we just throw that one in the garbage. Okay, then you should probably throw the last three in the garbage where you had better results too. But you didn't say that after those games, did you? No, 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 no. You didn't say we're going to throw those ones in the garbage. You you took those ones. Yeah, you, t- you, you go to overtime with the Colorado Avalanche. You're not throwing that in the garbage, are you? No, not whatsoever. You win a game. You're, you're not throwing that in the garbage. Huh? You go to overtime, uh, went, went to overtime before that too. You're not throwing that one in the garbage right no those those games are all fine but they're the same fucking thing they're the exact same thing the only difference is your goaltender didn't stand on his head so you know again i'm here doing the same thing that i've done six or seven times and again people are gonna say i'm beating a dead horse i'm not i'm beating a very alive horse and one that they have not confirmed will be fired at the end of the season or denied that he'll be fired at the end of the season they've said well we're gonna let this guy we're gonna we're gonna see how it plays out Right, I, I pray that Kent Hughes looks at a game like that and looks at the comment made afterwards of we're just going to throw that in the garbage and goes, all right, that's all I need to see. And that's definitely all I need to hear. I mean, come on. Adapt or die, right? Adapt or die. And he does not seem willing to adapt whatsoever. I don't know. Um, silver lining of the night. Um, I got to tell you, I don't have one from that game. Um, I, I guess you could say Mike Hoffman because he scored. I guess you could say Rem Pitlick. Nice to see him score against his old team. But I think if you asked either of them, do I want to be like the player of the game or the silver lining of the night, they'd probably say, no, I want to not lose 8-2. to two. So what am I going to do? Well, for my silver lining of the night, I'm going to go completely outside of the game altogether. And I'm going to say a little bit of news that popped up. Uh, earlier today, Elliot Friedman was talking about how there are four different teams right now breathing down the Montreal Canadiens' neck trying to get a piece of Ben Sherratt. Uh If I'm not mistaken, it was Toronto, 
Calgary, Florida, and who else was it? Let me take a look real quick. St. Louis. St. Louis was the fourth team. So you got four different teams. You got a bidding war going for Ben Sherratt services. I love that. We got Kent Hughes, a former agent who should know a thing or two about bidding wars. We got Jeff Gorton, uh, who's got some experience at the G- at the GM position, knows what it's like to be on either side of that negotiating table. He's been through a rebuild before. He's also been on teams that were contenders. So I think we have the right team in place to maybe you know, milk this bidding war and see who's willing to pay the most. Who can we convince to overpay in that equation? I'm not sure we overly want Florida's first rounder because they're really good and that's probably not going to be a great one but look if they have the best package uh, that they're willing to offer for Ben Sherratt because they really want to go for it this year and they think he's part of that then take it I mean the the trades have got to start soon right um, we, we might as well because with 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 Sham coaching this team I'm wondering if anybody's going to have any trade value left if we continue on like this, other than, you know, the untouchables, the guys you don't want to trade, the Suzuki's, right? Uh, there's just too many games left at this point. There's too many games left. And um, I should make it clear before I end this, like, I, I kind of want to see them lose games, honestly. I just like to see them lose respectably, you know? I enjoyed the goaltender performances. I was a lot happier talking about those. But at the same time, I mentioned in every single one of those episodes, those last three episodes, you know, they're getting outshot badly. They're getting outplayed badly. Their goaltender is standing on his head. And I was hoping, you know, that Ducharme would learn something from it. But no, when he gets, when he gets scored on and he's getting shelled, then that's when he's going to throw it out. So, again, I expect him to lose games at this point. Um, I, I just would like some competent coaching to go along with that. Some coaching that's focused on development, that's focused on adaptation, that's focused on learning from past mistakes, which we don't have right now. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not I'm not going to keep beating that horse. Um, we'll uh, we'll end it off there. We're running today. What? Ooh, over 14 minutes. So uh, soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien uh, et le gardien de relève. <laughs> Um, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Uh, we'll be back with another episode after the next game. Uh, let's just hope it's not as ugly as that one. Um, but they are coming back to Montreal. They are coming back to Montreal. Uh, the games will be played in front of no fans. So none of us can actually go, myself included. Uh, but the nice thing is they will get to be home. So they'll get to go and sleep in their own beds and uh, relax a little bit. It'll be against Anaheim this Thursday night. So uh, thanks, as always, for listening. Much appreciated, and à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.